Good morning, gentlemen. So we are four lines from the bottom on Lamed Vav 36b. Uh, so the, we, well, again, the case is that somebody swore that I will never do, uh, you are forbidden to benefit from me, even a penny. So, and then it turns out you give a daf yomi. So can they come to your daf? Uh, so the good news is that we're not, first of all, I never swore that anybody can't benefit from you, but even if I did, you're still welcome to come. <laughs> but, uh, apparently there are certain parts that you can't listen to. That's if we do mikra, what's called scripture. So let's see, what's the issue? Why can't you teach scripture? So, uh, mala- what? Chumash, yeah, what's the issue with Chumash? So that's what we learn. Malamdo medrash halachas vagadas. You are welcome to teach a person that you've forbidden to benefit. Or maybe he said, I've never taken a penny from you. I swear the guy swore he's not taking a penny. He can come to your class. Avalo yamdeta mikra. But he can't be taught Chumash. Uh, so the question is, mikra my time alone? What's the issue with teaching Chumash? Uh, so, Mishum, uh, maybe the reason why is that uh, it's a pleasure to learn. A person gets a benefit. It's the the kamitanile. That's the greatest benefit in life is, is uh, learning Torah. So you can't come um, uh, and learn Chumash because that's a benefit. So if that's true, medrish nami kamitanile. All Torah is like that. It's not just learning Chumash. Any Torah you learn is huge benefit. So how is that permitted? So Omar Shmuel, so answer that Shmuel wants to give. Good morning, Richard. We are on Lamed Vav Amid Beis, two lines from the bottom. The case is that they used to charge for teaching somebody Chumash. Uh, and therefore, it's a tangible benefit uh, use, uh, to somebody teaches you Chumash for free, and usually you get paid. I'm not allowed to get a, any benefit from him. They ain't Noten Skar al Medrash, but they didn't charge uh, for other Torah. So the Morris said, my Pisco, what, what, what's the reason? Why would there be a difference? Um, the, uh, why do they charge for one thing and not for another? It should be the same. So the Gemara answered, Hakamash Malan, as we turn to today's page. Uh, it's coming to teach Dafila Malkam Shinat and Scarla Mikra. That, oh, here, good morning. We're on the top of Lamed Vav Amad Aleph. That, Thank you, 37a. It's coming to teach you uh, that even though they charge for Chumash, and that's uh, considered a financial benefit if you get somebody to teach you how to read Torah, that's a financial, and they don't charge you, that's a financial benefit. But even though that's a financial benefit, Shari um, uh, and and you're allowed to charge money for that. Alamedrish lo Shari Lamishka. Uh, you're not allowed to charge money for any other type of Torah. So, Maishna Medrish Delo. Wait a second. What's the reason that you can't charge money for teaching Torah? Dixiv Osisiva Hashem. This is a Pasuk. It says like this. And this is what Hashem commanded. Lamed Eschem. That uh, Hashem commanded me, Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the prototype for all future teachers, uh, to teach you. And it says, I'm supposed to teach just like Hashem teaches. Well, Hashem don't charge. So just like Hashem says, I teach, I don't charge. 
also all future teachers of Klau Yisrael, afatem nami bechinim. That's why they don't pay teachers a decent wage. Right? That's they. It's basically for free. because uh, you're expected to teach. Uh, you're not supposed to. Your Torah is not one of those things that you make a profit on. Uh, so, um, if that's true, mikre nami bechinim. So you should teach chumash also for free. So we're back to the drawing board. Why is it uh, are, we're saying that you can't teach mikra because there's a financial benefit because usually they charge for that and you forbid yourself to get any financial benefit or you forbid others. But uh, um, so then, and, and whereas other things, there, there's no charge for uh, teaching other Torah. What's the difference? So Rav explains, Skarshimur, he says that who do you teach mikra to? Usually those are youngins. Well, youngins, you got to babysit. In other words, you don't just teach. You've got to make sure they don't destroy the school. And you've got to watch that they don't uh, go outside. And babysitting. Babysitting. So you're allowed to charge for the babysitting. Uh, so let's see the, um, uh, uh, the Rashi, the Mephorish. my time at Mishka Why is it that you're allowed to charge for teaching Torah? Mifnesh Einotin because you're not charging for Torah. Really, Torah is free. You're never supposed to charge for Torah. Hashem doesn't charge, we don't charge. Uh, what you're charging is skarshimur shemishtamitinokis. You are charging uh, to watch the kids. You don't let them go outside. And do other stuff. But you're not actually charging them for the teaching itself. Now, you might say, why do I need to do that? Uh, the young kids, young boys, they need to be watched. Older people, you don't have to watch them. They are responsible for themselves. That's why when they teach young people, you don't do it for free, because it's not just the teaching. You've got to also make sure they don't cause harm. And since you're permitted to charge for teaching uh, kids, so that's a benefit. And if you swore you wouldn't benefit this fellow, so you got uh, the uh, you can't teach his kids. Medrash, but I you can teach um, medrash. How could you do that? The katanim They young kids don't come to the uh, the medrash class. They just that's not their thing. Yeah, yeah. So that actually was the the Mephorish yesterday said that that's what medrash means. It's safra, the the ran, it's the safra and sefri and other. It doesn't just mean like medrash hagado. It means drushes, like darshaning. Um, it means not just reading a verse. It means thinking, right? Any kind of Torah that is thinking, that's what medrash means. Velokamani leklal hakishari. So that's answer number one. Uh, that uh, you're you're allowed to teach Torah. Uh, that's not considered a financial benefit. When you teach somebody's children, you're also babysitting them, and uh, that people charge for. That's a, that's a big deal. That's a lot of work, a lot of effort, and uh, you can't. If you swore you would never uh, do that for some, never benefit him or never take a benefit, that is a benefit. That's answer number one. Rabbi Yochanan says a different answer. He says skar pisik timing. He says that when you teach Torah, uh, there's something the Torah part of it. That's got to be free. But when you teach what's called pisik timing, tamim, that you're allowed to charge for. Um, 
we're going to see, let's wait for the Gemara, but either it's like the laning or the, um, the vowels, um, that's a little separate from the Torah work. If you're paying somebody, you're hiring a professional Balkorah to teach you how to lane, that's not just Torah, he's teaching you the trap. And uh, that uh, teaching is uh, not necessarily Minat Torah, it's rabbinic, and you're allowed to charge for that. If you want to charge for teaching somebody a Pasuk Chomish, that you can't, but to teach the Tamim, that you could. That's answer number two. Tanan. So those are the two uh, views. Let's see a, a commentary on that. Uh, yeah, Rashi, let's see the Mephorish on that. What does it mean, Pisik Tamim? That you could charge for. You're teaching the, the Nekudos, how to, how, to, how to pronounce things, Vitamim. You only find this by teaching Chumash. That's why you can't teach Chumash because you also have Pisik Taimim and that they charge for. Um, let's just do the, uh, let's do the Ran here as well, uh, towards the bottom. Uh, it's uh, the last thin lines on the page on the left side. You're teaching them the uh, the vowels and the and the and the kriya. That's not minatorah. But that which is minatorah, the chumash. So that's minatorah. Now, by the way, that could be why you're, you're not always obligated to correct the balkora. There's a debate about if the if they pronounce the right letters, but they, the, the, uh, the vowel is wrong, if you have to correct them, or, or it depends on the shul. It, it also depends on whether it changes the meaning of the verse, and that's where it gets tricky. But if it clearly doesn't change the meaning, they just pronounce it funny, or, you know, then you don't, because that's not Minatora. The difference would be if you want to teach Chumash to a Gadol. You don't need babysitting. But according to Rav, it's still also to swirl a pisic timey derisa. Rav held pisic timey's minatora. Rav Yochanan Shari, Mishim discar pisic timey. It's permitted. Hilchakla inyan halacha, kibin a kind Okay, it gets into the halacha there. But the, the, so again, the question is why can't you teach chumash? So either because it was typically taught to young children, and that also involves things that you, there's a benefit to, babysitting, or uh, because that involves what's called pisik taimim, uh, the trap and other things, uh, and that uh, that's not minat Torah, and so that you're allowed to charge for. Back to the mark. So the more now still has to fight out between these two opinions. So let's see who's right in this debate. So um, Tanan, we learned uh, in our Mishnah. Lo yam deinu mikra, that you're not allowed to teach somebody who's forbidden to benefit from you chumash. Bishleim lemandi amar schar pisik taimim. If you say the reason is when you teach chumash is because you teach trap hainu lam that's why you can't teach him. El lemandi amar schar shimor. But if the reason is because you're doing babysitting, because usually you teach kids. Over here we're talking about a gadol in our mishnah. Gadol bar shimor. Well, there's no babysitting by adults. So why does our mishnah say? That uh, you're not allowed to teach Chumash. So the more answered, Bekat. Now, that Mishnah, when our Mishnah said you can't teach, you'll have to say it's only speaking about Chumash to a kid. So the more said, E but if we're only talking about a kid, a Masefa, look at the next part, Abba Malamda's Bana of Mikra. But you're allowed to teach his, his kids, the one who you forbid, you're allowed to teach his kids Chumash. 
So, cotton barbanim, since when do kids have kids? <laughs> In other words, we're saying that you can't teach, uh, when the Mishnah said you can't teach Chumash, that's because it involves babysitting, that involves being a Rebbe and watching the kids don't get into trouble. So, but the, and then it says, but you could teach their kids. When's the last time that your kids and you were teaching in school had kids? <laughs> That's, that doesn't happen. So that can't be we're talking about when it said teaching Chumash, it was talking about uh, minors because minors typically don't have kids. So the Morris said, you're right. You got a point there. Suri Maxira, really, we must be missing a line or two. It's missing some words, and let's, re- let's see if we could fix it by adding them in. Halkiktani, this is the original version. Um, sometimes when we realized it doesn't make sense as written, they researched it and then they came to the conclusion that there was more there. That, that's the Suri Mexer of Ahakitani. We're missing some words here. Let's figure it out. And this is what the original text is, or what the full teaching is. Lo mikra You got to read it like this. Don't, you're, if you forbid to benefit somebody, you can't be the teacher of his kids from, for free. But because it involves babysitting and that you're allowed to charge for. But if he's an adult, he had these words in, if he's an adult, then you could teach him and teach his kids mikra. So it, it added that word, if he's an adult. Okay. So now the more wants to ask the question. Tinochus, uh, yeah, children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are we saying that the subject of the neder is the child? Um. Subject, you're saying you won't teach him, meaning that the, he's made a nether about not teaching the child. Right, mm-hmm. right, you that's right. I ain't giving the, your kid a penny, that's right. Or, or, um, or the one who would pay the bill for the child, I suppose. In other words, if you swore that the parents are forbidden to benefit from you and then you teach their child for free, so the parents would be the ones that are required to pay. Mm-hmm. I think so. So, Mace Fame, where's the question? It, again, it, it's it's still rough. This this answer, the more needs to work through it a little more. Didn't we learn the following? Tinochas lo karin b'tchil b'shabbos. Children, you shouldn't teach the first time on Shabbos. You shouldn't initiate start class on Shabbos. Ella shonim berishon, but you're allowed uh, to uh, repeat. The uh, you're allowed to um, do chazar. So bishlem in the mind yamerskar pisik timeim. If it's the, the reason you're allowed to charge has to do with the fact that it's a, uh, you're teaching the trup and you're teaching the way to read it, that's why we don't, uh, you don't do it for the first time on Shabbos um, uh, because you're not, um, and, Shab- and uh, that you would charge on Shabbos just like you charge on the weekday and you don't do it on Shabbos. But if, um, if the issue is uh, that you're babysitting, am I in Shabbos? Why would there be a difference between teaching the first time and teaching the second? It's the same babysitting whether they're doing Chazorah or whether they're doing it for the first time. So if, if, it's, uh, if it's to teach something the very first time, that's a lot of work that you charge for. You can't do that on Shabbos. Just review. Maybe we're chilled about that. They'll read it on their own. You just make sure they do their homework, right? It's just review. But if the issue is watching the kids that they don't get into trouble, uh, Shabbos, they uh, just ask anyone in the shul. The kids always get into trouble on Shabbos. You need to babysit them on Shabbos even more. They don't have a regular schedule, right? So why is that permitted to Amai Shona Marisham? So the more answer after the first time, the more answered, 
Don't you have to babysit him? But even according to what you're saying, there's a separate issue. How are you allowed to do something for them that you charge for? Uh, we're saying that you always charge either for the babysitting or for the trap. But either way, how can you do something on Shabbos that you charge for? But actually, why would there even a trap? Why would it be forbidden to teach him the first time on Shabbos? Havlahi. There's a famous way of getting paid for work on Shabbos. It's called absorption, meaning that you're not allowed to do something only on Shabbos and get paid for something you did only on Shabbos. So if you're tutoring somebody, somebody's kid, and you get paid for tutoring, you're not allowed to just teach them on Shabbos and then pay charge, give them a bill for that. But if you do some work during the week, together with the work on Shabbos, you're allowed to charge for that. That's called havla. So in, in many cases, there's some preparation for the week. Now, the difference is, like these kids that work in the Shabbos youth groups or the... Uh, or whoever does babysitting on Shabbos, or they have to have in mind that they're doing something in the week, during the week also to get ready for it. Uh, and so then, if they're doing something during the week, then you're allowed to... But if they're not... Even a chazan has to practice during the week. Otherwise, he's not allowed to charge for just working on Shabbos. Uh, but that, the way they're allowed to get paid for working on Shabbos is what's called havla, which means that they're also working during the week. But havla, mishishari, that's okay. Where do you see you're allowed to get paid for Shabbos work as long as it's together with other work? The Tananya, we learned. Let's say you hire a worker to watch the kid, a babysitter. Or Lishmor Esapara. Um, that over there, by the way, or to watch, the, uh, to watch your cow. To watch the, uh, over here, we're talking about the Beis Amigdash. You're watching the kid to make sure he doesn't uh, stick his hands on a dead creepy to play with a lizard or whatever for a paraduma or to uh, watch the Paraduma, or Lishmer says, Royim. Uh, here we're talking about the, the, uh, the base at Migdosh, if they, uh, they would hire people to make sure that people didn't become impure, or to watch the Paraduma, or to, uh, to watch the seeds for the Omar. So, you can't pay them just for Shabbos work. You can't hi- the base at Migdosh couldn't hire people to work only on Shabbos. Therefore, Im Avdu, so there is a difference whether they're getting paid or not. If they're doing it for free and so the animal gets lost, they're not responsible. But if you hired them for work during the week as well, or you hired them for work during the month as well, or you hired them the whole year, or seven years, they do get paid for what they do on Shabbos. And if they get paid, they're responsible. So... Um, let's just pause and, and review what we're saying here. Um, the question here is, somebody's watching the Paraduma on Shabbos, or they're watching somebody's... Uh, we mentioned that they raise children's special uh, impurity to do the Paraduma service. But you've got to watch kids that they... Uh, you know, it takes a second for them to find the dead lizard and play with it. And so they used to hire people, the base of English, to have people watch the, the kids in the Paraduma and... and uh, and the grain that was cut for the Omer to make sure it didn't become Tameh. So who paid these people? So if they're volunteers, so the rule is volunteers have limited liability. They're volunteers. And so if, if it gets lost and it's not their fault, they don't got to pay. If they're being paid, then they're not volunteers, and then they have greater liability. You were paid for this. You better do a good job. So um, the question here was, how do the workers work? 
So either they were volunteers and didn't have liability, or they were getting paid. But how, how could you pay them? You're not allowed to pay somebody to work on Shabbos. The answer is with Havla. If they also work during the week, if they work during the month, if they work during the year, then you're allowed to pay them. So um, getting back to our original question. So an, Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Uh, I think it just means a long-term arrangement, whether it's an arrangement for a day or a week, or it, it includes. But the bottom line is, we have an Ella here, which means we need to rethink what we were saying. And we were saying that you can't do this on Shabbos because you charge for it. Well, either you worked around it and you could charge by getting Scarhavlo, or you didn't work around it, but there wouldn't be a difference between uh, d- uh, those kinds of teachings. So why is it uh, that you shouldn't uh, teach the first time on Shabbos, but you're allowed to teach review. Ella Gabi Shabbos, the reason is the ain't Karin Bethilo, what's the reason you can't teach the first again, as far as charging, there's no difference the first time or the second time. The difference is there there are, are places where they charge um, more the the uh, to to teach the, the initial and then the later on classes are less. There are different types of uh, they claim they put more work into teaching the... Uh, there are some things like that. Uh, but uh, either way, charging is charging. And if, if you're allowed to charge, why would there be a difference the first time and the last time? The Morris says a fascinating thing. It says, Mishum de yifnu avoston de inuke mitzvah de Shabbos. There's a mitzvah for parents to enjoy their children on Shabbos. And if their kids have to go to school and start school... Uh, they won't be able to play with them because it's too involved. And uh, they won't, the, the fathers of the kids will, won't be able to and have play with the kids that Shabbos if the kids are uh, starting a new subject. Let's see the Ran. Um, the fathers of the kids are turning to the mitzvah of Shabbos and they play with their kids. And if their kids have to learn a brand new subject and got to get serious and got to pay attention, they won't have time to play with their fathers. Uh, and they, they, and uh, that's an important thing. So we don't teach new classes on Shabbos because uh, we don't want to take away uh, the enjoyment parents have with their kids. Let's look at... Um, there, there, there's a Rashi here too. He just adds a word. We could try that. Rashi, if you're learning a brand new subject with the kids, have a truden behem. It takes work. They'll be busy with that. They won't have time for onig Shabbos. But to just do review, anybody could do review. Chazor is no big deal. But if you've got to learn something brand new, uh, it's too serious. They won't have time for Onig Shabbos. Um, it's, it's just interesting, this idea. Does it mean the kids have Onig Shabbos? Or does it mean the parents have Onig Shabbos with the kids? Uh, but either way, the, there is clearly a saying that you shouldn't start the te- new teaching on Shabbos. That's answer number one. Answer number two, Shabbos, you eat and drink, and uh, literally you get heavy. Uh, you, you eat the cholent. 
and you don't feel so good. Like Shmuel said, Shinoi Vestis, anytime you do something different than you do on other days, Shinoi, something different. Uh, you're scheduled, then your stomach, you're going to have stomach trouble. So it's not a good idea to teach uh, children when they eat a different menu and they're on a different schedule. So uh, because they... Um, uh, therefore, that's the reason we don't do it. But to do Chazorah, that they could. Let's qu- quickly look at the Rav, Vichaleim Alma, they don't feel so good. Al Tinochus, on the kids, they eat too much. Their limbs are heavy. They can't pay. It always surprises me that, like, on Shabbos, I feel like I need to lie down or I want to take a nap. Or What's going on during the middle of the week? Uh, every single day, you know, in the middle of the day, the last thought in your mind is, I want to lie down. How come Shabbos, all of a sudden, you want to lie down? What is it? So he says that the food makes you heavy. The food, the changing in your, uh, the way you eat. Uh, so to actually, you know, to be extremely focused on Shabbos, um, you know, some people, that's why they say they don't want to go to Dafyomi on Shabbos. They want to do it Matsu Shabbos because it's uh, Shabbos afternoon and very hard to, uh, it's hard for some of them to like really pay attention so much. It's very easy. It's easier to, uh, to fall asleep, uh, you know, in the afternoon. Okay, I hear. But so that's this answer why you can't do it the first time. Ulamandi Omar, but if it has to do with the vowels, my time alone, what's the issue? So more well, I'm sorry. Uh, well, it's the same thing. The uh, you shouldn't do it to begin with, but once you begin, then you could. Uh, so the more has a uh, new question. So we have these two opinions. Now we need to figure out why didn't they agree with each other? They're both reasonable. So according to the one who says you're allowed to charge for the uh, pisik timing for the trump, my time alone. Why didn't he say for babysitting? Shouldn't you be able to babysit? So the answer is, he holds You're teaching girls. Girls, you know, uh, they're not so hard. Uh, you, you can't really charge for teaching. The girls, they, they, don't, they don't get into trouble the same way the boys do. The boys, you really got to, you got to, you know, you got paid extra, you know, big bucks for the, uh, watching the boys because they, they can get into a lot of trouble. But apparently the girls, uh, you, um, so um, you don't, uh, it's okay to, to, um, uh, to teach the girls, you can't really uh, charge as much for the babysitting because they don't, you don't have to watch them the same way. So are they teaching the girls the, the notes, the cantillation? Uh, the vowels, they're teaching the vowels, yeah. Uh, you just have vowels right after that. Yeah, uh, they're teaching them to read the Chumash, how, how to read the Chumash. Uh, um, the, some people learn, when they learn Chumash, they lane it. They, they teach it together. That, there is that method of teaching with laning. We didn't... Yeah, sing song, right. We didn't get into a real lot whether we mean just how to pronounce things or we mean the actual singing, uh, which exactly... I've kind of mixed the blurred the two together. But uh, some people learn just means the, the, vowel, the, uh, the grammar part and other people learn no, it means the singing part. But it, it's connected. But uh, we're saying the babysitting, there's the, the difference between the boys and the girls. And according to the one who learns you're being paid for the babysitting, and that's why you can't do it on Shabbos, my time, why doesn't he say Pisik Taimi? The answer is he holds Pisik Taimi Deiraisa. And it gets into a debate 
whether or not that was Minatorah or not. Uh, whether it's, um, if it's Minatorah, so Torah you can't charge for. If God gave it to us at Harsinai, uh, you can't charge for that. That came from Hashem. That's, that has to be free, just like Torah has to be free. If it's rabbinic and it's a, it's a science that developed over the science of language and it developed over time, so then you could charge for that. So that would be the difference. Um, that's the, uh, let's do some uh, uh, Rashi on the left side. Benos? Shemlanus What? Could you guys bury it and himself, please? Oh, Dr. Yaffe, can you mute yourself, please? Okay. Hopefully he did. If we still hear it, let me know. I can do it from my end. Benos, Shemalam ben Oso Torah. Girls that get taught Torah, me boy Shimor. Do that you do, you got to watch them. Ew, girls, lav urchayu lamefik avroi. It's not their nature to go outside. Dixiv kolkvoda bas melek penima. Girls, they stay inside. Lekla ukwe beischar Shimor. You can't really learn that, you know, people typically charge. It's a big deal to watch the girls. Whereas the boys, one of them's going to get outside and you're going to have a job to chase them down that you're welcome to charge for. Yeah. Scar Pisak Taimi Deraisi, Velo Matsu Mishko Igra. And you can't charge uh, on either on Shabbos or if you vowed, Elu Apsukim Adhekin Messiah Kolpas, where the verse finishes. Okay, but let's go back to the Gemara. So now we jumped into another debate about what's called the, the uh, Pisuk timing, uh, the, the vowels and, the, uh, and, the, and the, where you pause. So is that Minotaurah or not? So now we're, we're going to open into that debate. Uh, so now we're going with the view that it is Minotaurah. Where do you, if it's Minotaurah, prove it. To Amr Amr back to the Gemara in the middle of the page. Uh, as Rev Ikabar Avinom Kanana said, Omar Rab Mandi, Omar Maidik Siv, it's written, it says in the Chemia that the scribes, uh, at, after the, the Baisheni, they made sure to record things uh, and that all the Torah teachings were straight. They said, It says that they reviewed everything when they came back by Baisheni. So what does that mean? When it says they read from the book of Torah Selukim, Zemikra. They made sure that everybody knew the Chumash. Meforesh is that Targum. That's the explanation. Uh, and uh, many people say Targum was Minatorah also, the translation of what they, what the, not just how to read it, what it means. Vishum Seichol Elu HaPesukim. Rashi, let's see, uh, the left side, what are the Pesukim? Where to where to pause and where to start? Elops at Haken Messiah called Pasuk. Where does the verse end? Why is it called Shum Seicho Sheyochol Lahaska but Pasuk Bein called Pasuk? You know how to begin and how to end. Where you know where did the the verse start and where is the verse? How do you know it's a new Pasuk? So that's what it means. That that's also Menatar Vevinu back to the Gemara B'Mikra Zeh Pisuk Taimim. That's the Pisuk Taimim, and so you see that that also was Menatar. V'yomerle, and what's v'yomerle? What does that say? The things that were said, Ela Mesoras. So um, these are the Mesoras. There are certain things. Um, 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 there, there are certain things that were handed down, um, Moshe Misinai. So that, those things, that, that's what it's mentioning there, that they, as, as were reviewed. 
Omrev Yitzad Mikra Svarim the Itir Svarim. There's uh, he, he said the following. Um, the uh, in addition to what the original Chumash, there was something that was handed down by the Rishonim called Mikra Svarim and Itir Svarim. The Kri Vksi Where did these other things come from? In other words, the Chumash itself that came from Hashem. But where did these other teachings uh, that we're calling uh, the um, uh, what, what, the Mikrasvarim and Itrasvarim and the Kri Veloksi Veksi Velokri? So what are those? Those are Halacha Moshe Misinai. Uh, those came Halacha Moshe Misinai. In other words, there were certain things that were given with the Torah, and then there were certain things that were passed down from Moshe Rabbeinu that this is how they work. So now we'll explain what those things are. So um, mikrasvarim, that's eretz. Sometimes it's aretz and sometimes it's eretz. That's mikrasvarim. Uh, so uh, that's the... Um, there is a... Uh, let's see the Rashi on that. On the left side, mikrasvarim, eretz, eretz. Klomar. My shekeren aretz, eretz. The loksiv havara. The Havor is written, the Loksiv Yud, there's no Yud between the Aleph and the Resh. Ubein Resh Litzadi. The Kainami Eretz Loksiv and Beis, there's no two Alephs. Oh, hey, Samakal Aleph Yud, Bein Resh Litzadi, the Kain Shamayim. It's the Loksiv Sham Aleph, Bein Shin Lemem, Ubein Mem Lal Yud, the Kain Mitzrayim. Or there are certain words that how you pronounce them. Uh, the, how they have to be read, that's called mikrasvarim. So that's, we're saying, was halacha Moshe Misinai. And that had to do with words like Eretz and Shemaim and Mitzrayim. Uh, then there's another kind of teaching halacha Moshe Misinai called itursvarim. Uh, itursvarim were things that were the nuance of the language. And that had to do with achar tavoru, achar telech, achar ta'osuf, those are all things that are called eaters for him. Those were, um, uh, uh, those were the fluffy language, so to speak. Um, let's, let's look at the Ran on this. Um, I'm not such a big expert on these uh, Korea issues, but let's take a look at the Ran on this, the first while. I'm not such an expert on anything. But it, I know a, li- a little bit of nothing about everything, as they say. But itu svarim achar tavor achar telechu achar tasev kad musarim achar negudim. First wide line. Kol hani achar. All the word achar are extra. Vein ella letiferes halashin. They make the language beautiful. The havile mikdav sadu lipchem v'tavor tisker shivas yamu tosev kad musarim negudim el shekasvu letiferes halashin. They, things that were written in the Torah or Tanakh to make the words read better. So, what? There's certain, we believe there's no word that's extra, but there are certain times that there were extra words that were written to make the uh, things read better. That's, uh, and those are examples of that. calls it scriptural embellishment. Scriptural embellishment. Okay. With no extra words in the Torah, and all of a sudden we're saying there's embellishment. It's, uh, but I don't understand. It's, it's part of Torah Shabbat So, so even though it's an embellishment, and you can actually 
read it, two things. Number one, it's part of Tereshevich Sav, and number two, there's, there's supposedly not one extra letter in Tereshevich Sav, so there's something to learn out from it. Yeah, um, at this point, we're not, we're not going into saying that you could charge or not charge for these things. We're just pointing out when Nehemia reviewed everything that this was part of the separate uh, subject that he reviewed, uh, explaining, basically, once the Jewish people had gone into Golis, the trans, they were afraid the transmission had gotten mixed up. So they did a review of everything. And so part of understanding the Chumash was knowing the halachas Moshe Messinai and knowing and, and reviewing the scrolls to make sure they were inaccurately. And, but apparently there are certain, I, I think it's just saying that we normally darshan every word in Chumash, but it's telling us that these words were written specifically to beautify the language. And, and they, they had a tradition that we don't darshan those words. Those words are there because the Hebrew words read better with those words. Captain Paul Hirsch understands the showers of Atar, meaning to surround and distinguish, like a crown in mm-hmm. Torah surrounds and distinguishes the, the head of the king. So, so in which case, these words would be used to specifically emphasize that which follows uh-huh. for some reason. Okay. Um, and then there's a few other things in Chumash that are good to know. Those are like Kri Velok Siv. There are certain things letters that you read it as if there was another letter there. And, and by the way, the English language has that too. There are places where there's extra letters in a word that really, and then there are places that we read words as, and technically you, the spelling would be different. That's why it's a trick to, to uh, the spelling bees because you can't just think a word through. You actually have to memorize this word for some reason has an extra letter. <laughs> so, Lahavdu Elif Avdolis, there's certain words in Hebrew which um, they have, uh, you have to read it as if it had that letter, even though it doesn't have that letter. Or um, there are certain letters you don't read. Um, and we're going to give some examples. Now, the fascinating thing, most of them, you could figure it out why it did that. Um, sometimes, if you read it as it says, you see something. Uh, Basically, you can have a lot of fun if you're in the Torah world when you get a Kriya or a Ksif because you know that there's a message there. there. There's a reason that they didn't write that letter or there's a reason that you read it a little differently. It's a fascinating... So let's give some examples. Kriya, uh, Velo, Ksif. So all of those also they reviewed. that You read them as if there's an extra letter there even though it's not there. Paris Devlasa, Ishtakasher Yisho, Ish Bedvar Lokim, Devlasa, Dafleta, Esa Hagad, Hugad, Elu Higrim, Elu Asharim, Halan Krivaloksiv. All of those are written. You read them, but they're not actually written. And now there's, that's one list. And there's also a list of Ksiv. Um, I believe these are not exhaustive lists, these are just examples. And, and some words are written, and you don't read them. Which are those? Nud, the Vesal, because we turn to Namar, Zosa, Mitzvah, Yadr, Hadrucha, Chamesh, Depeyes, Negev, Im, Degol, Holland, Ksivo, Lokri. So that's the full list that the Gemara is bringing, and we're all experts in Tanakh, so of course we all know those Sukim, uh, and we're familiar with exactly which letters that you read, and you don't. Uh, uh, the the Mephoshim here, they tell you where they are if you want to look them up. Some are in Malachim, some are in Yirmiyahu, uh, there's something here in, in Rus. Uh, but um, but again, I, 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 I would say if you have the time, um, 
sometimes in Chumash there are a few Kriyak Steves, like big letters and small letters. So I used to have, there was one person in Shul who would notice those, and he would, some reason he would ask me, I don't know, he didn't have any, why is this letter big? And so it forced me to always look at them up ahead of time because I knew he was going to ask. Uh, but now he dives in a different minion, so I don't have to, you know, but, uh, but there always is a reason why um, if, if there's a letter that's not read or there, Megillus Esther has a few things like that, the Korea Exceve, Megillus Esther's, you know, so it's always, uh, uh, so there is that part to Torah, the Kree's and the Exceve. So the Gemara is just mentioning that there are these other aspects. They're in a similar category to, as we're saying, the trump and the vowels, uh, also part of the understanding the Chumash. Okay.